South Africa, Zambia, Zimbabwe, Lesotho, Botswana, Eswatini, Mozambique, Ghana, Nigeria, Kenya, Cameroon, Senegal, Niger, Mauritius, Tanzania, the DRC, the Democratic Republic of Congo, Egypt, Cote d'Ivoire, and the list goes on and on. My beloved African brothers and sisters, a tada! Friends and family from all over the world, brown, white, Indian, colored, Asian, Caucasian, no matter your skin tone, your skin color, we are brothers, we are sisters, wherever you're listening from, welcome to yet another exciting and impactful episode of the Simply Label podcast. I am your host, Simply Label. Thank you for joining us. Once again, I appreciate the support we're getting from all our listeners since we published our first episode four weeks ago. Can you believe it? This officially is episode number four. And every episode since then has been getting more and more streams than the previous one. I cannot express my gratitude enough. Keep on sharing our link with your network and uh, so that we can continue to raise more human leaders everywhere. On this episode, we explore and unpack part two of our two-part series that I've titled The Multiplier Leader. Based on the insights from the New York Times best-selling leadership book, Multipliers by Liz Wiseman. If for some reason, uh, friends, you missed part one of this exciting discussion, listen. You have my permission to pause right now, (laughs) just so that you can go and catch on on that episode, episode number three, in order for you to connect the dots with greater ease um, as it relates to this current episode. That said, allow me to kick off our discussion today with a brief less than three minute clip of the author herself giving a summary of the insights. Stay tuned and take a listen. What is the fate of the smart and the talented? The corporate world finds smart, talented people and promotes them into management. But many of these leaders never look beyond their own capability to see the full genius on their team. Have you ever worked around someone who made you feel smarter and more capable? We call these leaders multipliers. Have you ever worked around someone who made you question your own intelligence? We call these leaders diminishers. They may hire smart people, but they quickly put other people in the background. They are smart leaders, but they shut down the smarts of others. Diminishers come at such a high cost, they waste talent and intellect that sits right in front of them. Organizations can't afford diminishers. I worked in senior management at Oracle for 17 years, and I worked around a lot of really smart executives. I saw how some leaders literally shut down brain power in the people around them. Yet other leaders seem to amplify the intelligence of the people around them. These leaders were multipliers, intelligence multipliers. I saw this pattern with other executives, and I was determined to research this to find out why. My first discovery was my research partner, Greg McEwen, at the Stanford Graduate School of Business. Together, we studied 150 leaders in 35 companies over four continents in pursuit of one really big question. 
Why do some leaders drain intelligence while others amplify it? So what did we find? We found that diminishes and multipliers did many things alike, but a small number of things differently. Five in particular. Multipliers act as talent magnets, liberators, challengers, debate makers, and investors. Multipliers get so much brain power from their people that the workforce is essentially doubled for free. Multipliers come from all walks of life, from corporate boardrooms to our school's classrooms. They are leaders like Lut Ziyab, Bill Campbell, Wangari Mathai, and many more. These people are real, and the way they lead can be learned and it can be developed. What would happen in your organization if you operated more like a multiplier? Imagine what is possible with access to all the intelligence that sits in your organization. fantastic welcome back friends i trust that short clip provided some good context uh, or context apologies to the discussion at hand i sense uh, as well that it was probably um, also a nice recap to what we covered in the last episode for those who've had a chance uh, to dive into episode number three so, as promised, in this episode, we're going to take a deeper dive into the findings of the research conducted by Liz and her team. More specifically, we unpack these findings with specific focus on the behavioral attributes of the multiplier leader. Let's get straight into it. Now, contrary to the diminisher whom we discussed in the last episode, the research found that multipliers operated or led from a premise or a premise, depending on how much school fees you paid. <laughs> so they led and operated from a premise um, that says people are smart and they will figure it out. Can I repeat that? The premise or the core belief of the multiplier is that people are smart and they will figure it out and because this is their core belief they then exhibited the following behaviors in their leadership of others number one are you ready they are talent magnets you've heard from the short clip um, just the observable behavior one of the key ones i must add at this point that diminishes and and, um, and, and, and multipliers, uh, essentially because they are people who, who have a true genius in their own right. They do a lot of things alike, but there are five distinct things that they do, uh, you know, separately or distinctly one from the other. I've expressed in the last episode what a, a diminisher does. Now today we're dealing with purely the multiplier. They are a talent magnet, number one. They are able to attract talent and optimize it. They take a wider lens and a wider selfless view of uh, the talent that is at their disposal. And not only that, they, they, they ensure that they optimize and use talent not only for the benefit of the individual, but also for the benefit of the organization that they lead. Number two, they are a liberator. Right? I want to spend a little bit of time on this one. This means they create space for best thinking. Liz Wiseman likes to say they give permission for people to think. Have you ever worked in a, 
in an organization or in a team um, where the leader, uh, you know, the, the voice that is echoing in every engagement, whether be it a one-on-one, be it a meeting, the voice that echoes is only the voice of the leader. That is a symptom that the leader has not created space for best thinking. Number three, they are a challenger. They extend stress, or st- let me repeat that, they extend stretch challenges. What does that mean? Remember I told you last week, or two episodes ago rather, that you know in my journey of leadership, uh, along came a leader who, who believed in me, who saw something in me. Not only did he just express his belief, but he went further. He started giving me assignments that are outside of my comfort zone. He started giving me uh, you know, tasks to do that at first I felt I was completely out of my depth you know, to be able to do. But because of his belief in me that I could do them, I decided, you know what? I cannot disappoint him or disappoint myself. Let me dig dig, dig deeper. Let me, uh, you know, uh, do some research on this. Let me put my best foot forward and give it a shot. And the more uh, I put in an effort, the better I became, the more my confidence, uh, you know, begin to, uh, to lift up. And of course, the rest, as they say, is history and probably the present. Number four, they are a debate maker. What does this mean? They debate and then they decide. So in essence, practically, so when they come with a suggestion or when they come rather with a plan or a thought of how we can change things in the team, uh, you know, the leader must always have a plan or a, a, a couple of ideas up their sleeves. But instead of imposing those ideas, he comes in and he says, team, this is what I'm thinking. This is uh, the problem we're facing. What do you think? Can we debate on this? And, 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 and that might seem like a small thing, but it's actually quite powerful because typically leaders come in and they say, this is the, this is the direction, uh, all of us, let's rally behind it. But when you throw it to the team, you, you, you open up an opportunity for, pe- for people around the table and team members to throw in and give their input and to actually start thinking. To actually start thinking and more importantly for for them to feel that my ideas are valued my ideas are seeing the light of day even if you know their ideas you know not, not all their ideas may be maybe the ones that we go with but because they've been thrown in the room uh, that has been created by the by the by the debate maker leader uh, that creates an opportunity you know for people to say wow I was able to air my views and we were able to decide so whatever gets decided at the end of the day it's a collective decision of the day but the debate maker the multiplier leader steers that uh, engagement um, at the end of the day uh, and ultimately it becomes as you know it leads to the next one uh, which is number five where, which, which which is what we call the investor he instills a sense of ownership and accountability so if you look at uh, you know these two last points number four and number five you, you you arrive at a point where you realize you know because people took part in a debate and and eventually what the decision became they therefore uh, get to a point where they start owning the idea they start owning the direction they start owning the vision uh, and it doesn't just become the the vision of the leader or, or the or, or the or the decision of the leader right so an investor is someone who instills a sense of ownership and accountability in the team. And they do that through giving back the power back to the team. But of course, then coming back and holding the team accountable to what the team is committed to. 
and what which person would not uh, you know uh, be inclined to own something that they were a part of uh, making or creating are, are you with me all right so these are the five things if i can summarize them they are a talent magnet they are a liberator they are a challenge maker they are a, a debate maker and they are an investor now because they exhibit all of these behaviors what is the impact and what is the outcome remember once again that scale from 0 to 100 that we spoke about in the last episode because of these behavioral traits and this way of leadership a multiplier then according to the research um, got an average output of or intelligence rather output and intelligence from from their people that they led or of about 95% on average on the scale 0 to 100 of course some a little bit less and some even higher than 100 but the average output 95% compared to remember the 48% from a diminisher what does this mean it means respondents to the research um inf- responded emphatically that a multiplier leader got twice as much output or interference or oh, sorry apologies output or intelligence out of them they literally become smarter and more productive working with a multiplier as opposed to a diminisher it is therefore in both the leaders as well as the organization's best interest to make the transition into a more multiplier style of leadership it is simply costly and unsustainable to harbor diminishing uh, you know attributes as well as leaders if i may put it that way um, you know in your company the world is in desperate need of multipliers we need them in our families we need them in our local uh, you know as well as national government structures we need them in our privately owned as well as our publicly owned companies we need multiplier leaders literally in every sphere of society. Let me give you this quote before we carry on and, and and conclude. It has been said, and I open quote, it has been said that after meeting with the great prime minister William Ewart Gladstone, you left feeling that he was the smartest person in the world. But after meeting with his rival Benjamin Disraeli, you left feeling that you were the smartest person in the world close quote and this is a quote by bono of the u2 uh, musical group uh, fame so friends let me wrap it up by summarizing the following key points briefly that i think will drive home what a multiplier looks like what are those behavioral traits that you and i can practice and as i make that point i'm inclined to say the following before we summarize there is hope even for a multiplier leader or sorry a diminisher leader so you can look at this listen to this and say oh goodness is there hope can i then change can i move from being a diminisher into a multiplier absolutely absolutely uh, there is absolutely hope now Let me say the following in closing a couple of points to leave you with a couple of bullet points. Number 1, a multiplier assumes that people are intelligent and given the chance and the conducive environment and support, they will figure things out and solve problems. Number 2, 
and multiplier is able to tap into the intelligence of their team and to help stretch it, thus benefiting both the individuals and the organization. Number three, a multiplier actively encourages growth and gives team members, quote unquote, permission to think. Number four, a multiplier enhances and multiplies the intelligence of their organization by investing in its existing resources, i.e. the people. Number five, a multiplier creates an intense but liberating environment, thus unleashing the very best in others. So a multiplier is not necessarily a walkover, but it is someone with such intensity in how they lead, such passion in how they lead and how they invest in others, that it is, it is eminent that unleashing the best in others becomes the ultimate outcome. Number six, a multiplier attracts and releases talent. The last point, a multiplier gives credit where it is due and instills a sense of, uh, or rather a culture of ownership and accountability. Let me repeat that. A multiplier gives credit where it is due and instills a culture of ownership and accountability. As opposed to a diminisher, remember we spoke about this last week, who takes all the credit when things are going right, but deflects all the blame when things are going south. A, 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 a multiplier is the exact opposite. He, he or she gives credit where it is due and instills a sense of, or a culture of, ownership and accountability. Well, there you have it, folks. This marks the end of our two-part series. I trust you have learned uh, with me and have been enlightened and have been challenged as much as I have. Now, listen, if you've been blessed enough to work with a multiplier leader at some point in your life and career, you know exactly how exhilarating and exciting it feels. And you can probably attest to these insights and behaviors expressed in this podcast, as can I. We therefore look forward to your voice notes and comments and, um, you know, just sharing your own experiences and feedback post this episode. If you're interested in booking our leadership coaching and mentorship services for your organization or to book us for a keynote address at your next leadership or management conference, please do, a, do email us at lebonyokongza, lebonyokongza at yahoo.com. That's L-E-B-O-N-Y-O-K-O-N-G-Z-A, no space, no funny characters, at yahoo.com. We will get in touch with you promptly to discuss and finalize a way forward. We're in the process of partnering with a leadership and training, uh, or rather leadership training and organization uh, and consulting organization, which will help accelerate our mission to raise multiplier leaders everywhere across Africa and the world at large. Formal announcements to this effect will be made in due course. So from myself, Simply Label, and the team here at the Simply Label podcast, I'm dropping the mic for this week. Until next week, a tada!